United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. What is the situation in Iraq these days? There's been much discussion about the U.S. and its relationship with Iraq, especially in the wake of the seeming evidence that Iraq is turning more towards Iran lately. Well, our next guest has returned recently from overseas, from Iraq. Nancy Lindborg, the president of the United States Institute of Peace, is joining us to give us an update on the situation on the ground there. She is tweeting at Nancy Lindborg and is with us. Nancy, welcome back. Thank you for being here today. Good to be with you, Tim. Good morning. What was the purpose of the trip? What were you looking for? Well, I hadn't been back for a year. uh, And when I was there a year ago, things were very tense and there was just a mop-up of the campaign against ISIS. So it was an opportunity to see what kind of progress had happened and especially how were uh, the partners of USIP who are working on the front lines, negotiating local-level peace accords, what kind of progress were they having? Let's talk about ISIS. Where is that threat right now? So, you know, they've, they've definitely been deprived of their territory. I was able to visit Mosul and Nineveh Plains, which were areas that they had occupied. And rebuilding is underway. There are uh, definitely some important returns. But there's very much a sense that the ISIS ideology is alive and well. And there are a lot of concerns overall about security Um, certainly some of the minorities who live in the Nineveh Plains areas, the Christians and the Yazidis, are still afraid to go home. So there is uh, much to still be worried about um, with the potential for a reemergence of the next iteration of ISIS. I wouldn't say that we're out of the woods on that by a long shot. You mentioned some of these these religious groups, and I wonder there has been a history since, obviously, Saddam Hussein's downfall about whether or not the government is there and serving a particular religious segment of the population. Is that suspicion still there or not? You know, it's such an interesting history. There's a rich mosaic in the northern part of Iraq in this area called the Nineveh Plains that has, you know, deep biblical resonance. Um, USIP has been working since 2010 with a group called Alliance of Iraqi Minorities that constitutes 18 different groups, um, the, the uh, Zoroastrians, the Christians, the Yazidis, the Sabaean Manateans. I mean, it's, a, it's a, this unbelievably historically rich group. The, the, they were some of the most persecuted under ISIS, and we've heard the terrible, terrible stories, particularly um, of what happened to the Yazidi girls who were enslaved Um, The Christians uh, also suffered, were driven from their homes. These groups, um, despite a lot of assistance and a lot of focus, uh, particularly from this country, uh, have not gone home in in anywhere near the the levels uh, uh, that they used to have. There is a lot of concern about their security. Um, The area now is uh, patrolled by what's called popular militia fronts, which are basically militia groups that helped defeat ISIS, some of whom are backed by Iran, and now they are there to stay. And they are not seen as serving the interests of these minority communities, therefore creating 
additional security concerns that prevent the restoration of what the communities used to be. Nancy Lindborg with us, president of the United States Institute of Peace, recently back from Iraq. I note that the, in the region, we've heard a lot about refugees from Syria, for example, from conflicts uh, across the region. And it, within Iraq, I gather from the notes I have here that there is a real problem with what they call IDPs, internally displaced persons, which I guess is is the same as refugees, only they stay in country. Give us a sense of what the situation is with that. Yeah, so a num- you know, a good number have gone back to their homes. There, It's some some good success stories, uh, especially in the Anbar province. Uh, there are still about 1.7, 1.8 million people who are displaced within Iraq. They are internally displaced. And some of them are not going home because of security concerns. Some of them are, go- are not going home because they don't yet have a rebuilt home to go to. Uh, part of the western part of Mosul where I had a chance to visit is still um, utter shambles, you know, rubble destroyed. Um, so it's a combination of those factors. It's deeply complicated by the presence of what are known as ISIS families. Uh, the women and children who were associated, you know, their fathers or husbands were, were ISIS fighters. And this, this represents a very complicated dilemma for Iraq. The number, how many there are is highly uncertain, but there are hundreds of thousands of, of these women and children who are gathered in camps. Uh, some say it's for their own protection because of the revenge that might be exacted on them if they went back to their homes. Um, but the concern, of course, is that they could be further radicalized, especially the children who grow up in camps where they are deprived of education and opportunity and even basic services. So this represents a very important challenge that left unaddressed could really contribute to the reemergence of of ISIS now or down the road. Nancy, I need to ask about the Prime Minister uh, Abdulmadi's visit recently to Tehran. There's a question about whether in some ways Iraq may be turning to Iran or are they just trying to maintain some sort of a relationship to keep the peace? Is this a departure from the U.S.? And I know there have been concerns about the United States ratcheting up the pressure on Iran, which including declaring the uh, the Revolutionary Guard a terrorist group. And this is not going over well in Iraq. Give us a sense of how this is playing out right now. You know, you get a sense that um, Iran is in a really tough neighborhood and you have a prime minister who's playing a delicate balancing game between a powerful neighbor on, with, with whom he shares a very long border and many deep economic ties, and he knows they're not going away. Um, also trying to balance uh, some of the broader neighbors. Uh, he was recently, the prime minister was recently in both Jordan and Egypt, and there seems to be an effort to reintegrate Iraq into the larger Gulf region um, and perhaps a bit of a balance to Iran. Um, I think the backdrop to a lot of this is an uncertainty on what is the U.S. policy and what is our staying power. And uh, there's very much a concern, you know, that the troops might leave, that the U.S. might turn its attention elsewhere. So what you see is a prime minister who's trying to balance and weigh all of these different forces um, at a time when the country is still very, very weak. Since I was there a year ago, there's 
important progress, palpable progress. They're taking a lot of the T walls, those cement barriers down in Baghdad, but it's very precarious progress and it's completely reversible uh, with a lot of these challenges around security, economic development, um, and the inability of, of large numbers of people to go home yet. Nancy, thank you for joining us. Appreciate your sharing the, uh, the results of your trip. Thanks for being on POTUS. Always good to talk to you, Tim. Thank you. Nancy Lindborg is the president of the United States Institute of Peace, recently back from Iraq. An update on the situation on the ground there, relationship with Iran, the U.S., a lot to sort of figure out in the, sat- the status of ISIS right now. And she is tweeting at Nancy Lindborg, L-I-N-D-B-O-R-G. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.